Greetings, travelers. Welcome back to Tales from the Enchanted Forest. Today, Fox is out on a skiing adventure, getting up to all sorts of hijinks, no doubt. But worry not, I, Sparrow, am here to deliver your regular dose of fairy tale wonder and my deep, ridiculous thoughts on them. Normally, this is the part where Fox and I would discuss what we're currently obsessed with. Since Fox isn't here, I will not dwell on this for too long, but I have been playing an assortment of video games that I got into during the holiday season. During the fall, I got really into Baldur's Gate 3, so over the holidays I was enjoying just a variety of comparatively smaller video games just to kind of do something a bit different and cleanse the palette before going into another big massive game like that. Uh, the other thing I got into was the Ahsoka series, and as much as I would love to geek out about how great a show it was, or its huge implications for the greater Star Wars universe. It's just not the same if Fox isn't here to be confused by my ramblings. Uh, I'll simply say that if you watched and liked Star Wars Rebels, you will enjoy Ahsoka. Otherwise, I would recommend skipping it, as it will not be as nearly satisfying if you had the backstory that comes with it. And this kind of leads me to my mini soapbox here. Uh, Ahsoka is really supposed to be a season five to Star Wars Rebels, but it's selling itself as its own thing. And when you market something as a miniseries, it should be a miniseries. Like, you shouldn't have to do homework to enjoy it. Um, like, if they just sold it, they're like, hey, this is a miniseries Ahsoka, uh, i.e. season five of Rebels. Like, you know, if they conveyed that in any way, maybe people would not be as confused about it online. So... Yeah, I don't, like, as much as I liked it, but I recognize I was the perfect audience for that. They just needed to be more clear about this, and I think it's an issue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's my mini tangent. I'll set that soapbox aside. We're here for fairy tales, and I got one for us today I'm very excited about, and it comes to us from Greenland. Uh, in particular, this story comes from a book, Eskimo Folktales, which was uh, collected by Knud Rasmussen and translated by W. Hooster. Uh, now, Knud Rasmussen was an anthropologist and a polar explorer in the early 20th century. And believe it or not, this guy was actually very interesting. First of all, he collected folk stories, which, as we all know, is like the coolest thing to do um, for us folklore nerds here. He was also the first European to cross the Northwest Passage via a dog sled. Uh, after looking into him a bit, I am now 90% sure I read about this guy in one of my history textbooks in school. But once again, school made something that should have been super interesting into something kind of bland. I think Fox and I will want to cover more about him in the future episodes, so that's something to look forward to. Um, but right now, we have a story to cover. So without further ado, Tales from the Enchanted Forest presents The Eagle and the Whale. A long time ago, in a small, idyllic village, there lived a big family with many brothers, but only two sisters. These sisters were of marrying age, but neither showed any interest in getting married. Many had urged them to take a husband because, <laughs> heaven forbid we have any young, single women in these stories. But, you know, 21st century lens aside. One day, one of the brothers approached his sisters and asked them, what kind of husband would you want anyways? An eagle, perhaps. Very well, you shall have an eagle. And then he turned to the other and said, And how about you? What would you like? A whale? Then a whale it shall be. Before either of these girls could argue or explain how absurd these statements were, 
an eagle swooped down, snatching the first sister. He flew high into the sky and brought his new bride to his nest on a ledge of a steep, rocky cliff. Just as this was happening, a whale came and took the other sister away to a rocky cavern. When I first read this, I thought that these guys must have been intoxicated when having this conversation because it's so bananas to me that he was casually suggesting that they marry these other animals. But that also can't be the case since the eagle and the whale showed up like right on cue as if this was planned. So my theory is that this brother lost some card games to the eagle and whale and decided to pay off his debts by marrying off his sisters. That or he just really doesn't like his sisters that much. Otherwise, why wouldn't you have had any kind of real conversation with them about what they wanted in a marriage? I know that women wouldn't have had a final say in these matters at that time, but they should have been at least somewhat a part of the conversation or given more of a heads up than, hey, you want to marry this random animal? Cool. There you go. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just wild. <laughs> now, after that crazy day, the sisters lived with their new animal husbands. The one that married the eagle spent her days on the high rock ledge of a cliff. But to no one's surprise, the sister was not too happy about this arrangement. So when the eagle flew away to hunt prey in the sea, the sister worked on creating a rope though it was a slow process and took time to make it. In the meantime, her husband would sometimes return from his hunt with a walrus in one claw and a narwhal in the other. Which, to me, begs the question, how big and strong is this eagle? So, of course, I had to do a mini deep dive on this. Since the story is from Greenland, the type of eagle they are likely thinking of is the white-tailed eagle, which is also Greenland's national bird. Now, the bald eagle is very closely related to the white-tailed eagle, and a bald eagle can carry about one-third of its body weight, so not much more than 1.8 kilograms. Now, this is not bad for a bird, but let's take a look at the prey. Let's assume that both the walrus and the narwhal were female, which are statistically smaller than their male counterparts. The average female walrus weighs in at 850 kilograms, while the average female narwhal weighs in at at 1,000 kilograms. Needless to say, this eagle husband is impressive and likely magical, but I find it fascinating to see how crazy of a feat this is. After some time, the brothers began to miss their sister, so they all started work on making crossbows. Some of the other villagers wanted to help the brothers, including a homeless boy. The boy was so small, weak, and malnourished from living on the streets that he could not draw a bow. So he always had to ask for help every time he wanted to shoot one. Once their preparations were complete, they set out to rescue the sister. Instead of leaving the weak homeless boy behind so that he could get some help or avoid this likely dangerous scenario, the brothers brought him along for the ride. The brothers signaled to the sister to lower herself down from the cliff. And once her husband left for his next hunt, she secured the rope she had made and safely made her way down, reuniting with her brothers once more. I bet she would have a few choice words for her brothers who married her off, but that would have to wait until they got back to the village. Meanwhile, the eagle caught two walruses. You know, as you do. He left one of them at his wife's brother's house, 
and the other he brought home for his wife. While he did not notice that his wife was already in the village, he did notice that his wife was missing from the nest. With a knowing sigh, the eagle tossed the catch aside and flew to the brother's home. The eagle dove down at the house, but the brothers kept him at bay by shooting at him with their crossbows. Unfortunately, the brothers were not expert archers. While the volley of arrows kept the eagle at bay, none could hit him. Eventually, the little homeless boy cried out, Let me try too. So one of the boys drew an arrow back for him. The little boy aimed carefully and released. The arrow struck true, causing the eagle to fall to the earth with a great thud. Thus, the little boy and the brothers killed the first sister's husband, even though he was a mighty warrior. Meanwhile, the second sister was living with her whale husband. The whale loved his wife very much, but unfortunately, he went to the school of possessive boyfriends and would never let her out of his sight. Just like the first sister, the second sister did not love her current situation and started plating a line of sinew threads to make a string for her escape. It's at this point the brothers began making a swift sailing eumuch to rescue their second sister. The story says that it's because they missed her, but I bet it's because the first sister was chewing them out for causing the issue in the first place. Once the boat was made, they all gathered in and set off. As they got closer, they found a guillemot, a small black and white seabird, in its nest. They asked the bird if it could fly beside them and see if their boat was quick enough to overtake the whale. The guillemot agreed, but soon enough the bird flew past them. The bird told the brothers that to overtake the whale, they would need to take the boat apart and build a new one. This doesn't sound right to me, but I am no boat expert. If we do have any boat experts listening, please let me know if it's a good idea to break a boat down and rebuild it to make it faster. Anyway, the brothers heeded this advice. They took the boat apart and built a new one. After the completion of the second boat, they put the vessel to the test by racing it alongside the flying bird. They were neck and neck for most of the race, but the new boat pulled ahead when they neared land. Days later, the girl told the whale that she must go outside for a little while. Her husband, the Great One, objected and said that she must stay, but she insisted that she must go outside. This had become a usual exchange between the two of them, but she finally finished creating the string which she had been making. To prove she would go no further than outside the passage, she tied the string around her ankle and handed the other end to her husband. She explained that she would not be able to go farther than the length of the string and he could always pull her back. Reluctantly, the whale agreed, but once she was outside, she retied the string to a stone and ran away as fast as she could. Apparently, her brother's house was not too far down the hill from where she was, so she made a beeline for them. After a quick reunion, they all got into the eumuch and dashed off to get as far away as they could. Ah, yes, I too flee by boat whenever I have a large aquatic mammal hunting me down. I find it much better than running further inland, where the beast would have no hope of catching me. It's at this point that Fox would normally remind me that this is a fairy tale and I can't rely on real-world logic when discussing the logistics of these stories or she would point out that the whale already seemed to be living on land in that cave up a hill. Dang, even when Fox isn't here, she is right. But don't tell her I said that. 
Cutting back to the whale, it didn't take long for him to realize that he had been tricked. As the brothers and sister were getting in the boat, they saw the whale bust out of the cave and roll out into the sea. They moved quickly, but it felt as if the boat was standing still when compared to the swift whale. Guess racing the guillemot wasn't quite enough. When the whale was nearly upon them, the brothers told the sister to throw out her hairband. Without questioning this bizarre request, she tossed it and the sea began to foam up. This slowed the whale down for a bit, but it soon gained on them once more. Now the brothers told her to throw her mitten, and when she threw it, once again the sea foamed up, slowing the whale down a little bit more, but not for long. This process repeated with her inner mitten, her outer coat, and then finally her inner coat. It's at this point that he could see land, and they just needed one more item as a final push. Based on the last pieces of clothing being thrown, I thought the final item would be a hat, or boots, or maybe a sweater. Instead, the brothers tell her to throw her breechers. I can only hope that she gives them an earful about this later. Either way, this fills the sea with foam, and they arrive safely to shore. The whale tried to follow, but was cast upon the shores as a white sun-bleached bone of a whale. And that is the story of the eagle and the whale. This is just one of those stories that made me laugh and cringe throughout. The brothers caused the initial issue, presumably on a whim, and then they miss their sisters, so they straight up murder their husbands to get them back. It's just a lot of extremes going on, and these sisters have hardly any say in the matter. Yeah, they have to create the rope and the string that will help them escape, but if the brothers didn't already want them back, I wouldn't be surprised if they sent them back to their husbands. So yeah, it's just kind of one of those weird tales um, that I, I don't think they were really thinking through the, the message or story, and you know, those stories are fine too. And it's got me really curious about these other stories from Greenland, so I'm going to have to look more into these. But that's all there is for this week. Um, tune in next time when Fox and I reunite for our first regular episode of 2024. And as always, if you want to see the show's summary, notes, and more, please check out our website at www.talesfromenchantedforest.com. If you want to hear more from us, join us on Twitter at FromEnchanted or Instagram at Tales from the Enchanted Forest. Or if you're old school like me, you can just email us questions at talesfromtheenchantedforest at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. So if you have anything to share, please don't hesitate. And remember, travelers, if you enjoyed what we heard today or what we do here, please give us a review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. It helps the podcast grow and reach out new travelers to join us on these adventures. And remember, there's always a place for you in the Enchanted Forest. Thank you.